0: written rules of facebook it cut all of our ad costs by over 70 percent how do you want to be able to take in all of this data that's around us some of these campaigns have
1: done up to 20 million dollars in sales i think
0: this is going to be the future for the next 10 years
1: and now here is the win with your hostess serial entrepreneur marketeer and chief sexy boss heather havenwood
0: Look, our whole world revolves around our iPhone, iPad, Droid. You know they say we look at our phones on average 150 times a day? And if you're a small business and want to actually grow, you need to reach people where they're looking at and listening the most. Their smartphones. See, marketing via text messaging is a great way to start, and it's super easy. Just text the word START to 72000 to learn more about my friends at Mobit. They're marketing experts and they will show you how to use text messaging for your business and to get more leads and convert them amazingly. Again, text the word start to 72,000. Again, that's text the word start, S-T-A-R-T, to 72,000. Hi everyone. Welcome to The Win with Heather Havenwood. I'm excited for this very interesting interview you're about to hear. Now, what you need to know is I'm giving you a little intro before because I did this interview with Chip Lake. He's a political strategist back in the day in October. So you're going to hear some things about Politically that obviously we all know is true. Trump won. Ta-da. But you are going to listen to this. And the reason I did this interview with a political strategist is because I want to understand The difference between politics and the business of politics, and then the business of politics of being a strategist and a consultant, a lobbyist, all these kind of fun things. And how does a guy wake up one day and go, "I'm gonna be in politics"? And so I gotta give Chip a little credit. He was fun, entertaining to have a great conversation with. He wasn't really a boring politician. So I just want to, you know, reach out to you guys and say, "Hey, look. First of all, you're gonna hear some things in here that obviously we all know the the truth because it was the interview was done a while ago." But number two, I want you to listen to the fact that there's two parts of every business, okay? So if you're a dentist, there's the dentistry, right? The, the actual doing of the dentistry, and then there's the business of the dentistry. Same thing with chiropractic, with lawyer, any kind of business that you're in, there's always two sides of it, just like politics. There's the, the business of policy and reading documents and pushing things through, and then there's the industry of politics, Okay, so that want you to understand the differences. And so this conversation on how with Chip is kind of about that. And uh, anyway, this is Heather Haven, what well, I'm excited to to introduce you Chip Lake. And before I do, I wanted to reach out and acknowledge our amazing sponsors First is Thinkific. If you are interested in taking your information out of your head and making money with it with the course online, you need to check out Thinkific. This is an amazing software that literally helps you through the technology and techie stuff of taking the information out of your head and put it into a course so you can sell it online and make money. So go check out heatherhavenwood.com forward slash thinkific. And that's T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C. It's heatherhavenwood.com forward slash thinkific. Go check it out right now. All right, guys, I'm going to let you um, listen to the awesome interview with me and Chip Lake. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Win with Heather Havenwood. And this is about entrepreneurship, business, getting you started in your business and kind of getting you off the couch and saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go after what I want in business and go for it. So today I have someone on the line that, well, I'm not sure, you know, I'm a little concerned about it, but I think we're having some fun with it because it's about to be about politics. And you guys know, if you listen to me for a long time, I live in Texas. I'm a a hardcore Republican. I got a gun. That's how that stuff goes (laughs) in my life. And if you don't like it, I don't care. So here we are going to talk about politics. Everyone knows I'm a big Trump supporter. And we have someone on the line that is a political guy that I'm actually excited to talk about because here's the thing, a question I have and we're going to talk about today is how in the hell do those guys get paid without having a Clinton foundation? That's the big question I have. So Chip Lake, thanks for being here. Are you there?
2: Heather, it's a pleasure to be on. Thank you so much for having me. You're
0: welcome. Okay. So I'm just telling you guys who this guy is. Chip Lake currently serves as a principal in the consulting firm Glendale Strategies and Twin Oaks Connect. Okay. So Glendale Strategies, I'm going to let you talk about it, right? But it's a full service public affairs and policy consulting firm that provides companies and candidates the tools necessary to help them achieve their public sector goals. And I'm curious what that is, right? Because like, here's (laughs) my question I have, Chip. Like, other than the current situation we have going on today with Clinton and and Trump and the big fighting, the debating we have going on, which we're pretty clear how the Clinton Foundation makes their money. We're pretty clear how Trump made his money, right? We're pretty clear on that. In general, my big question is, how in the hell do political consulting firms get paid? Like, I don't get it. Can you you shed some light?
2: Yeah, good good question, Heather. Good question. I mean, um, you know, during the election year, We're very busy. If you're a political consultant during an election year and you're you're not busy this time of year, you're not going to make a lot of money in an off year at all. And so we we do a lot of campaigns and elections work. And then we do also what we call public affairs campaigns, meaning nothing specific to a candidate, but maybe specific to an issue like healthcare or energy or education or something like that.
0: Lobbies. Isn't that called lobbyists? Oh, very good question. In many
2: cases, it is. is? And so, uh, in many cases, it is. I don't lobby, but every time I've worked on an account, there are lobbyists that work on the account as well. Is it like a dirty word,
0: like the L word? Is it like the lawyer word?
2: (laughs) Well, it is. And and in order to to be a lobbyist, you know, every state is different at the federal level. If you're spending more than 20% of your time, client, communicating with, an elected official, then yeah. you are by definition a lobbyist. I do not do that, and I uh, I hope not. I wouldn't be any good at it. That's right. why I don't do it. That I makes have sense. a lot of friends of mine that are.
0: It's a big question because Washington has a particular flair to it. Are you in D.C.?
1: Where
2: are
0: you? No, I'm not. No,
2: I'm not. I, I was. I worked in D.C. from 2005, January of 2005, until March, April. Of two thousand and eleven. Okay. But I commuted. I did not live up there. I commuted up there. So I, I didn't get potomac fever like so many <laughs> of them get.
0: Yeah, there's a particular flare to it. My sister lived there for twelve years in Alexandria. Ah, yeah.
2: Yeah. She Some lived right get it of it. She, they can't get it out of their blood and they don't leave. Yeah, I,
0: she left. She did. She's finally like, I'm out of here. I can't stand <laughs> this anymore. I feel like I'm breathing politics every five minutes. So she finally was like, I'm out of here. Moved to Texas, doesn't talk she does. Here's what's funny. She won't talk about politics now. She's like, I won't talk about it. She's very wise. <laughs> She's, for- She's like, I'm see you. Bye. I'm done with that city. I <laughs> think it has that kind of to it you know it's like
2: it does it's like i'm it out does. it's like
0: dirty you like leave they're like gotta
2: what? get out you know and dirty? i got out and i got out in 2011 i was yeah. chief of staff to a member of congress and i said this is crazy oh, um i gotta nothing-
0: ask this question about chief of staffs okay? yeah yeah so i love the show veep if you watch that on hbo or showtime I, whatever I, I do not do i watch? don't get a chance to watch tons of tv okay, but i've kind. heard about it you can't be a political consultant in today' world without watching me. Like, I you...
2: know uh, I've heard that, and I need to do that. I really. It's a
0: really good show. But Okay, so here's a question: What does other than getting coffee? What does the chief of staff <laughs> person do? What do you guys do for them? Like,
2: coffee? a good chief of staff keeps the member out of trouble, mm. and and uh, so ultimately chief of
0: staff sucks. Is that? <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: we. I call it managing the tornado, right? Ooh, because. Everything your whole life is a tornado, whether you're in the district or whether you're in Washington, and so you really can never stop the tornado. Okay. You just got to manage it the best you can, and so you know so you mean, have a DC staff and a would district. Would you say staff. that
0: a good chief of staff is a person that'd be really good managing, like an, a really high maintenance Kim Kardashian kind of person? Is
2: that, <laughs> well, is that kind of. Well, the that, sense of it? well that, I think that's exactly right. A There's got to be a connection with the chief of staff and the member because to that point you really are, in many respects, a glorified babysitter. I mean, you know, people thought my job was glamorous. Until I told them in, in December, I spent my last six weeks working on exactly what the final layout of the family Christmas card was going to look like. Are you so
0: serious?
2: You're dealing with a little bit. You're dealing with a little bit of everything.
0: Oh, my God. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I would tell the congressman, stick it up. you know." <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he couldn't do it. He didn't want to talk to his wife about the Christmas card. So he said, so you're going to have to, you
0: to do it. <laughs> got me to do it. Right, oh, my right. God. Well, part you know, I wanted to ask you this question. So you sound like a nice guy. You seem like, you know, pretty cool dude down to earth. How in the hell did you get into politics? You wake up one day and go, I want to be like them. What was that? Did you have a family? Uh, Usually it's that's family a
2: members. Great, how'd you, how'd you get great, that? great question. Okay. And the answer is, I did not know what I wanted to do for a living when I was in college. And to be candid with you, I'm 43 and I still don't know what I want to do for a living. So not a lot has changed. However, I always had an interest in campaigns and elections. And so I graduated from Auburn University in Alabama and I majored in public administration. Well, if I had to do it all over again and I wanted to get into campaigns and elections, Mm -hmm. I would have been a marketing major because ultimately all any campaign is, whether you're working for a candidate or against a candidate or trying to pass policy or defeat policy, you're simply marketing whatever your product or idea is. And so I really wish I would have been a a marketing major, but the short answer and the honest answer is, mm-hmm. I had no idea what the hell I wanted to do for a living. I had an interest in politics, but not as a career. And, uh, you know, 22, 23 years later, here I am. And Here I've I've are. I've not been able to leave. It. You know, it's,
0: it reminds me of my sister. My sister ended up in D.C., like I said. But her first year, her first four years in college, she got a degree, I call it in, in beer drinking. It was also <laughs> called event planning. Like, who gets a degree That's in event right. planning? Like, That's what the heck? And then she woke <laughs> up and got, like, a master's degree in something cool. But I called it, oh, look at you. You got your four-year degree in, like, how to drink a beer. And, of course, she went to Florida State. So she's like, well, oh, pretty yeah. much,
1: they you know, what else yeah. you got
0: to do? OK, so that's really interesting about marketing because I'm a marketing girl. That's what I am. I think that every business is just it's all about how you market it and spin it and create it. That's why this particular campaign that's out here called the Trump and and um, horrible Clinton person is out there. That's so fascinating to me is that the the fascination around it from a marketing perspective and the psychology behind it, right, is you have what some people call the, the two evils. Well, it's fine. It's a particular view. But you have an entrepreneur the antichrist, a political side, right? I That's it. right. And then you yep. have the, the deep, deep, deep political person who's been doing it her whole damn life. Okay. That's right. The That's pacifier right. for years. She doesn't know anything else. If she even tried to have a business or try to drive or try to do anything else she'd outside fail. of that, she'd fail miserably. And you have the antichrist of politics and you have the politic baby, you know, That's and right. then they're fighting it out. And That's what right. I find fascinating is I'm a Fox News freak, so I watch Fox News every <laughs> now and then. I'll go to the Antichrist of like CNN or something. That's right. And I see how like these political consultants, all mm-hmm. right, come out there. They're like, "Well, we think the Trump is not going to make it because." Oh, Hillary's amazing. Hillary's amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah like, what like to me like where do you get this crap?
2: Yeah, it, it is. Oh man, Th- this what, you hit what, the nail. Last
0: question though. What, yeah. So. It, like, why not you on there versus them? Like, who makes them God? You know, there's, who's making them God that all of a sudden, when so-and-so says it, it shall be? You know what I mean?
2: Like it's, oh. a great, it's a great question. I mean, ultimately, I don't know how CNN makes their decision on who they end up having on as a talking head or a quote-unquote political expert. Ultimately, it's just political people that live really close to Washington, D.C. Right. or live really close to a big, big market. Where you know you can get on on the weekends, and so mm-hmm. it, it's maddening to even watch to watch CNN. A lot of the talk shows completely. I mean, you, you know, there's such an agenda today at how they want to feed out information to right. people, and it's never been more defined. And buckle up, it's going to get worse. I mean, it I is. Think so too, it's going to get worse.
0: And here's the question I have: Is what's today? What is the difference between a consultant basically huh? and a journalist? I say nothing. Because yeah. it used to be journalists say what's going on, and then consultants right. give their opinion. And now you have journalists giving their opinion, you know? Like
2: oh, yeah.
0: Anderson, what's the name Anderson?
2: Anderson Cooper. You know, he'll go out there and yeah. tell
0: us little ideas about stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm going, wait a minute, aren't you the journalist?
2: Well, and Don Lemon is the worst. He's yeah. worse He's than right. Anderson Cooper. And the real answer to the question is there is no difference when you get to this time frame. And and as I said, I, it's been bad from a journalistic integrity perspective over the last 90 days. Just wait to what we're going to see in October. I can only oh fathom how oh the news worries. is going to be fed to the public. Oh, so, oh do it, It's see, unprecedented. Don't you
0: feel like when you go to bed at night, like just dirty? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did when
2: I worked for the federal government, did you and that's dirty? why I left working for mm, the federal government. I so I didn't have to feel that way.
0: Okay, good. I'm glad to know that you're normal. <laughs> you well, guys, I don't. You have some I don't integrity.
2: I said, this place is beyond. Washington is broken. It it's is. broken in so many ways that people don't even know. And I said, you know what? I've been here six years. I can't give anymore, and and I want to leave and and try to make money. You know, and, and at that time, you so know, you opened when you a foundation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah but, <laughs> I, that's right. I opened up a foundation. I opened foundation. Didn't get any donors, but it seems like it works it for them. It's working
0: for them, right? It All
2: definitely right. does. All right,
0: just one second. We'll take a break. And you're listening to The Win with Heather Haven, Win with Chip Lake. Do you suffer from bloating, constipation, science problems, extra fat around the middle? Then you might have candida in the body. Candida is a yeast that is in your blood. And to get rid of the candida, you need more than just an intensive colon cleanse you need Ultra Slim Cleanse by E2 Lab. Ultra Slim Cleanse helps reduce candida, which can cause inflammation throughout the body. Ultra Slim Cleanse can go into your blood and pull out the toxins that cause gas, bloating, and other symptoms of yeast growth. Go check out heatherhavenwood.com forward slash slim to watch a video from founder Dr. Don. Are you ready to get back to skinny? Go to heatherhavenwood.com forward slash slim to get ultra slim cleanse. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Win with Heather Haven. We are talking politics, money, and sex. Just kidding. No sex. Just politics <laughs> and money and entrepreneurship because those all go together, right? Of course. That's right. That's right. Chip, thanks for being here. Okay, so here we are. You're a political consultant. You're in D.C. for six years. You felt a little dirty. You left. How is politics similar or very different than, you know, now you're no business owner, like you're you got your big boy pants on here, right? You're now yeah. you own a firm and you gotta get clients and stuff. You got like work really for. a yeah. living. So how is politics like entrepreneurship or different?
2: Wow, that's a great question. You know, when I ended up leaving in 2011, Heather, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to leave and I wanted to take a couple months off and then I wanted to get out on my own. And nobody believed me when I left. And, and I said, I don't know where I'm going. They said, you're lying. You're just not telling us. Well, the reality is I ended up hanging a shingle a couple of months later. I didn't want to be a lobbyist. I didn't want to be a political consultant exclusively, but I wanted to see if I could find a hybrid between the two. And so, you know, kind of in a roundabout way, in a I call it in a reverse way, I put the car in reverse instead of forwards. you know, kind of three cycles into after 2011, have kind of found a niche of what I, I wanted. And, you know, look, in politics, you know, as much as things change, they very much remain the same. And so much like starting a business and trying to grow the business, you've got to make smart decisions on, all right, how is this environment going to change? How is this business model going to change? And then where are things going to remain the same? And you try to take advantage. You try to use both of those dynamics to try to help you get ahead. And it's a balance because it, it's never static. It's always dynamic. And even though it's a small network mm-hmm. of people that kind of do this, it's, a, you know, we're very competitive with one another. And we always kind of know what everybody's doing, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And you're, you know? you're all
0: drinkers. Must be all I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm we,
2: of... we are. We are. <laughs> and and that me, is accurate. Let
0: me ask you a question because I think, and I've never asked, and I'm, to be honest, I've re- you're probably the first political strategist <laughs> I've ever met. And Uh-oh. so, Uh-oh. Do you Uh-oh. feel you have to choose a side? Like, I'm Democrat. I'm GOP. Do you have to, like, choose the elephant versus, do you have to...
2: Well, as a political consultant, you absolutely do. And here's why. Because if you're strictly doing political consulting, meaning 100 percent of your work is campaigns and elections, you can't be working for a Democrat on the ballot and at the same time be working for a Republican on the ballot. Because the activities that we go through, which we call GOTV, get out the vote, that's very different. You're trying to get out your party's base. And so it would be a conflict, So as a political consultant, you do. As a public affairs professional, big difference, or a lobbyist, you have to have relationships with people on both sides of the aisle. And so the old dirty secret amongst ourselves in politics are, you know, when I was in party politics, I was partisan. I was a Republican. A gentleman that I do a lot of work with who's a Democrat said, when I did party works, I was uh, progressive. I was a partisan Democrat. And he jokes that we're now both in the Green Party, meaning we now have to make certain, now that we're in the private sector, that all the work we did to try to find solutions mm-hmm. to problems, yeah those are now other people's responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And as crass as that sounds, mm-hmm. you know, in, in many ways, Heather, it was liberating because there are no solutions to a lot of the problems that exist in public policy. I think you guys so.
0: make a lot of the problems.
2: <laughs> I what? No, and you
0: guys make all stuff, this crap up so you have to like get money to, to solve it. Well,
2: <laughs> I, I I wouldn't put it past a lot of people who do that, but I will say the problems are so inherent in the fiber of the system yeah. that nobody has to do that because they're real, right? Uh, so you just figure out a way to
0: navigate around that. You just navigate around it. And I'm noticing, like, there's a lot of this, what I call politic talk, right? Like the partisan and the aisle and all this fun stuff. I mean, I think it's great. I think it's cool. I think every industry has their own wording and stuff like that, you know? No question. And, And obviously, you guys have your industry words. But what's interesting about that currently, as we see it today, it's being thrown into the everyday person, you know what I mean. They're, oh yeah. I don't remember a presidential election ever so decisive, <laughs> you know, and so oh. crazy at oh. this point of the game. Never seen. It. I don't think people have ever seen it like this, and I think it's a lot of fun. But it's forcing people into the conversation of politics. It's one of those like that's one thing you don't talk about in front of people. Don't talk about politics and,
1: and that's sex, right. right? So that's right.
0: Keep it off the table. Religion, sex, and politics. Don't talk about it. Um, Stay away. Right, stay away. And then all of a sudden we're talking about it every single day. It's thrown Mm -hmm. at us and it's being this decisiveness, right? And I'm wondering, you know, what is the impact of new media?
2: Oh, it's immeasurable. It was 10 years ago, it was not a part of the dynamic of political campaigns. And now with respect to the presidential campaign, new media and earned media are 98% of this election. Now think about that for a second. I mean, no other race can can claim that, but social media, digital media, I cannot explain and put into context how it's become a fabric of the conversation that people are having, especially around this presidential race. And you can't replicate it.
0: No, you really can't. I have to say this, if everyone knows I'm a Trump supporter, get it over with, all right, yell at me, scream at me, whatever. <laughs> But here's what I say. I, every day, and I do this, this is a little something I do and people probably will laugh at me. I go to Trump's Twitter page because yeah. I feel I'm really listening to him. I'm like, what is he saying today? And he'll tell me, he'll say something and I'm like, oh, what's that? What? And I'll, then I'll go look up online. Like, well, what is everyone else, say? what is everyone else saying about whatever he just said? And then wow. I'll like go and look, but I never go to Eh, eh, Hillary's because <laughs> I know it's all BS, not even her yeah. way. She didn't know how to log in and between her fifteen BlackBerries or whatever. She exactly. doesn't even know how to log into Twitter or say that's anything right. that's emotional, right? She's so contrived and, and it's scripted. And scripted and, scripted. and yeah. so not real on any level whatsoever. That yep. to me I find it laughable that people actually say they like her. I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you liking? You're liking a Barbie doll, meaning yeah. you don't even know what the Barbie doll's saying. There's That's someone right. behind the Barbie doll saying whatever she needs to say, because you don't even know what her real feelings are. At least with That's Trump, right. you know the true essence. And when mm-hmm. I think about entrepreneurship, if I'm standing behind a company, you know, like Apple or uh, Amazon or any other small business, I want to know, I want to hear from the owner. What's their view on something? You know what I mean? What's their stand for something? And I think that's what's happening with politics right now is people are now looking at politics less about oh some stupid politician I've never heard of is now running for president. To this is more really about what is it all about? It really is about the people of this country, you know, truly.
1: Yeah, that's
0: what's really changing and shaking stuff up. The problem is, as you said, the the two parties are kind of pissed off, right? Because <laughs> totally
2: pissed off. They're totally and pissed off, right? Let, yeah. Tell us so, so what what
0: is the what is the I mean, you have your ear, right? You, you got friends in the, in the know. Because I really want to know. No, I'm not kidding, really, Chip. No kidding. What is the <laughs> conversation on the Hill with your friends and your people that you know in that space? Not what we see on TV. What's really being said right now about this political race?
2: Oh, they're scared to death. I mean, you know, there's no question about it. I mean, we look at data like companies look at data, right? They do market research data, they look at consumer data. We look at polling data, and I don't mean the polls that you hear on whatever news outlet, because anybody can call themselves a pollster, but I'm talking about the polls that aren't publicly released, like what issues are moving voters in what direction and why, and what can we do to stop that? And so Trump's been able to tap into, on the Republican side, is he's the only candidate ever has been able to bring a coalition of moderate Republicans, independent Mm -hmm. Republicans and conservative right wing Tea Party Republicans, and he's brought them together. He brought them together to win the nomination. And now it's not about Republican versus Democrat for Donald Trump. It's about insider versus outsider. And if I'm Donald Trump, that's a pretty good message. But make no mistake about it, they're scared to death because if he wins, and I, I have no idea what is going to happen in November. Anybody that tells you that they yeah, do I
0: is to it's right? Take them to Vegas because <laughs> they really don't know what they're doing.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, no, they'll lay down some in Vegas. There's no doubt about it. But you know, this is a story. This is a lab of public opinion, unlike what we've ever seen. And you mentioned something earlier, which is true. It's decisive. I mean, Trump and Clinton's image ratings have remained static for eighteen months. And you just don't see that anywhere. And so Trump's numbers move up and down, but his image rating numbers don't. And so for guys like me who are trying to make an educated guess on what's going to happen, that's usually what we use as a lagging indicator. There's no such thing in this cycle. So it is fascinating to watch, and it's only going to be more and more entertaining as we get into the stretch run, the final you know, 60, 70 days.
0: Mm-hmm. I think what we're at now at 65 days or 60, yeah. at 60 days at this point. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So so your friends, as you call them, or associates of, they're scared. My question is, what are they scared of? You know, because I'm making this up, right? But I think that, I think, I think that if Trump does get into office, he's going to, what I call, call them on their bullshit. You know, they're uh-huh. going to be like, no, dude, you see that, you're out, dude. He's going to treat it more like a true business versus the politics around it. Well, don't do that, because he knows somebody of somebody's If you do that, it's going to piss off. You know, I think he's really going to be a little more business oriented? Is that what they're what scared of? Cuz I've heard that before.
2: Well, yeah, no, it's a good question. I mean, I I think I think they in in some respects they're scared of the unknown. I think in some respects they're scared that he doesn't want the job.
0: Interesting. Really?
2: Yeah, scared that he doesn't oh. want the job and and I got to be honest with you, regardless of what your listeners opinion of him is, sure, yes. he's he's no dummy. So whether you like him or not, he's a smart dude and he's very calculated. And everything he does right. has a different it looks. It's, it's a different optics than politics, and so one of the concerns that some Republicans have had out there is that he got into this race and mm-hmm. he didn't really expect to win, but the dog caught the car, right. and he's kind of rolling with it, and you know uh, it was going to use it because he's a, a master at branding. And there's still a part of me that believes that he's smart enough to know that he, I don't know whether he really wants to govern, because governing sucks. (laughs) It is terrible. It doesn't matter what party you're in. It doesn't matter where you're from. It is no fun. And so if you recall, there was a a discussion that Donald Trump Jr. disputed, but it was a discussion that he supposedly had with John Weaver, who was uh, John Kasich's political guy when when they were kind of feeling him out as to whether or not he might want to be vice president. Right. Weaver said, well what what do you vision the vice president doing? And and according to John Weaver, Donald Trump Jr. said, well, all domestic and foreign policy. And Weaver said, well, what would the president be doing? And he said, he's going to be busy making America great again. And it just goes to show you, I mean, that that's kind of his deal, right? I mean, he he wants to be the guy selling right. the big picture. But not in the weeds. Not and and that's just fascinating because that that's truly a quality of a very successful businessman who hires good people around him to execute.
0: Well, I think it's true. And this is interesting. I'm gonna uh government sucks. I oh, always said like, no, governing sucks. <laughs> sucks.
2: Governing, governing, governing sucks.
0: Governing sucks. Okay, well, real quick, guys. We're gonna take a break. Uh, this is the win and the governing sucks, right? Just real quick, hold on. ever want to create an online course ever want to duplicate yourself and your expertise but you're not techie then listen up Thinkific was designed with you in mind Thinkific is an online platform that gives you all the tools you need to easily and quickly create and sell online courses they take all the tech headaches out of online course creation like designing your course hosting your content taking payments and integrating with other applications so you can focus on creating the content, engaging with your students, and making money. Are you ready to stop repeating yourself to one person and instead leveraging your time by creating an online course? Great, then go to heatherhavenwood.com forward slash thinkific, that's T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C, for a very special offer for Friends of Heather. Again, go to heatherhavenwood.com slash Thinkific to your success. All right, you're back with The Win with Heather Havenwood, and we're talking about governing sucks. And, (laughs) you know, there's something about that that's really interesting to me. As an entrepreneur, this is what I talk about with people on this show is that being an entrepreneur is great and it sucks because you have to do everything. I can't tell you how many things that I do that I hate doing in this whole world of like, well, just hire someone to do it. When you're the entrepreneur, you just don't have the money to hire every single piece of the pie. If not, you just be hanging out, you know, in Hawaii and everyone else will be doing the work. That's not how it, that's not how it works. So right. right before we got off the break, you said something that I found interesting when, after you win an election, you guys are like, wait, we won election. Then it's like, Oh, great. We, we yeah. govern yeah. now.
2: <laughs> yeah, now we got to govern, you know It's an old joke. Yeah. It's an old joke true, that us yeah. political folks have, you know, we say is, uh, and that's why you're kind of either on the campaigns and election side or you're on the policymaking side, mm-hmm. because it's tough to be both because we joke all the time after, and look, as a political consultant, there's not a political consultant around, and if there is one, they're lying to you, that says they win all the time. We all win and we all lose. It's part of the play in the game. But we all kind of joke, you know, when we have a client that wins that then they have to govern in whatever capacity is their whatever capacity that their office is. And I've gotten calls on, you know, numerous occasions, six, eight months down the road, you know, from people complaining about something that they did, you know, in the official capacity. And I always laugh and say, look, it was my job to get them elected. (laughs) <laughs> I don't have responsibility for him now, <laughs> you right, know, right. he's, oh, your, problem, he's you know? your problem. He's your problem now. Yeah. And Heather, that, that's an important point too, because one of the reasons policy so screwed up is because mm-hmm. a lot of the qualities that make people a good elected official mm-hmm. and a good public servant, those aren't the qualities that make you a good candidate. And so what happens is you have to be a good candidate before you get to be in a position of making public policy. And if it was the other way around, we'd be okay, right? But it's not, and so the people that win elections, for the most part, are good candidates. That does not make them good policymakers.
0: know, yeah, it's interesting to say that. I mean, I was in this. Here's my only take: I can, I can, you know, an analogy. I was in the speaking business for many, many years. I was a lot like you, except uh, in different capacity, of course. And I, I helped speakers become great. So I was the person in the back of the room. I was helping them say their particular speech on how to close the people in the room to come to the back of the room and buy, right? Get the vote, I guess. And I would yeah. teach the speakers. I would educate the speakers. They would hire me. You know, how do I get a higher closing ratio? How do I be a great, amazing speaker? Here's what I learned quickly. And a lot of speakers had a hard time with this, that the speaker at the front of the room, that was what I call the pitch man, kind of like the candidate, right? They're the candidate. Yep. They're the charismatic one. And they're the one that everyone's like, I want to be like that guy. And, oh, I think he's amazing. He's lovely. Oh, I love him. And they go and buy and sign up. When they sign up for, let's say, a three-day course or they buy something, right, whatever that is, and then, you know, two weeks down the road or a month down the road when they go to the event. They were always like, Where's uh where's the charismatic chip guy? Like, where's that guy? <laughs> because we know in, in the real world, in the real business, in the in the speaker world we called it, we know that the guy who's the charismatic guy in the front of the room sucks as a trainer.
2: That's right. Oh yeah.
0: He's horrible at as a trainer. And we would get, you know, more refunds than we would get, you know, massive refunds if we had, you know, charismatic chip become the trainer. Sure. It's one or the other. And then we also had guys who were like, really good trainers. Those are the kinds of detail oriented they're teachers, they're trainers, they're teachers. They take their time with people. They explain things really well. They're horrible pitch people.
1: Oh yeah. We try to make uh, them
0: into pitch people. They can't do it because why? They have that knack of training and educating. In the world right. of, of sales, which politics of sales, no you question. never train them on what's in the policy or as they say, what's really in the policy. You just sell the sizzle of the steak of the policy. You don't really read it. <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's um, no. Just, and, and you're exactly right. right. You're exactly right. And here's why. Because the average voter's attention span, and I guess this can overlay to a consumer if you're talking about yeah. business, we got so many things going on in our lives, right? That mm-hmm. our bandwidth for anything other than what's in our beans right now is very small. And so you got to cut to the chase you got to get straight to the point. A lot of times that means talking in generalities and talking big picture. And that's what Trump's very good at. Yeah. You no, know? I mean, he's, he's very man. good.
0: He's a pitchman.
2: He that's right. He doesn't get into the weeds.
0: Crooked Hillary to. is neither. That's <laughs>
2: oh, right. She's
0: not a teacher. She's not an educator. And she's not a pitch. I don't even know what the heck she is. She's like a Barbie doll to me.
2: So. She's a legacy. Oh, she the is legacy. a legacy candidate. And that's all she's got going yeah. for her.
0: But it's interesting, the speaking business is very similar. That's why I've been watching this campaign very closely for me, because as a speaker, as someone who's been in the speaking industry for a long time, I'm talking speaker, books, tapes, education, that whole piece, they were slamming Trump for the Trump University. Like I knew the people that ran that thing. I knew I knew that world. Yeah, there's a dirty little world in that world. The people that are in the speaking industry, it's a dirty little world, too. Sure, and so sure. we all know each other and we all laughed when they were like, oh, I can't believe Trump University first I get understand that he didn't run that. He didn't do any of that. He just said, "Hey, use my name." It was a brand position. Yeah, licensing Your name on something. It's like, oh yeah, like give me ten cents on the dollar for every dollar you guys sell here. Buy see here. That's all he did, you know. Uh, and absolutely. Would, no, no one really. I mean, he didn't even look at what was going on at the seminars because we didn't want him to. I knew the people who were doing right. it. They're like, just give me your name so we can sell more crap in the back of the room, and then you know we'll give you some money. And he goes, okay. Right. And that was it. But he's not going to look at the policy. He's not going to read any of that. Of course, he's not. So I would say politics is very much the same. That's why I think he's doing so well right now, because he is a masterful persuader in sales and marketing influence. But you're right. I think it's really interesting you say that. I don't think I'm assuming he's probably not gonna be a good (laughs) policymaker. As you say, I think you're very accurate on that. Most pitch people suck at training, and they, they don't oh, like yeah. the new show. They don't like the details. They don't want to handle that stuff. That's why they hire people like you.
2: That's right, That's exactly right. <laughs> to no, look at the right.
0: Do you ever watch the show House of Cards?
2: I have watched House of Cards, absolutely.
0: Okay, so what, who are you? <laughs> what, in that? Oh
2: gosh, I don't that? I don't watch a lot of it, Heather. Oh, as I'm, I told you, I try to I watch a lot of ESPN when I have a chance to okay. watch TV. So, gosh, I don't know. There's Get no spacey, House are you of the... Maybe, but you know, that was, you know, House of Cards more kind of an executive branch kind of White House show. And I was on the congressional side. So I don't know Mm -hmm. that there's a parallel per se, but you know, it's all kind of the same, right? I mean, we all are in the same pool. You know, we're just, uh, there's just a lot of fish in the same pool. You know, we all deal with the same problems and try to, you know, and solutions in Washington is just finding a way out of where you are right now. (laughs) It's just putting a band aid on top of another Band-Aid, on top of another Band-Aid, ultimately, until you peel away all the Band-Aids and clean out the wound, which hurts, by the way, it's going to hurt, Yeah. you're not going to fix the problem. But that's the circle of, uh, you know, of culture in Washington, D.C. right now that has just accumulated over decades.
0: Yeah, no, that's really true. So what what's your uh, focus on for, let's say, we're <laughs> speaking 90 days from now after the election? <laughs> What do you focus on right now? What do you, what do you got going on? What do you. Yeah, great question.
2: Great yeah. question. So I do, uh, as you had mentioned earlier, Glendale Strategies is a company that, that I started immediately after leaving uh, the Hill. It's a general consulting company. So I like to help companies with strategy, public affairs strategy, when they have an issue. For example, there is a major airliner in Atlanta and I can't say, I can't give the name of the client, but there's, you know, there a couple different major airliners in Atlanta and they are fighting an airport. Expansion for a regional airport on the western side of the state. I've been involved with that and working with the local community. Gosh, for three years now, that's a lot of fun. I've got a uh, a landfill solid waste management uh, company that's based out of Phoenix, Arizona, that has an interest with one of their properties in South Georgia that they're having problems in with the EPA making a decision not to bring coal ash, and so you know that's kind of the hybrid Heather of what I was yeah. talking about is to get an opportunity to come into these communities and try to shape public opinion and move public policy, Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's offense-defense, right? The airport thing, I'm playing offense. You know, the solid waste management thing, I'm playing defense. And so we we do a lot of that. We do a lot of phone work through a company called Twin Oaks Connect. And so, uh, you know, we do a lot of public opinion surveys, a lot of voter identification programs. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you get those annoying phone calls to your landline, you know, that's me or somebody like me uh, calling from a call center. I'm a data-driven guy. I really enjoy looking at that data. I'm a math geek. I like to kind of spend a lot of time in that data to try to find trends or identify trends at their infancy stages, at their just beginning. Because if you can do that, you could really help your clients make decisions on tactics that they might employ or things that they might be able to do to either keep on facilitating that or to completely stop it. And so uh, that's what I spend a majority of my time on now. I'm doing less campaigns and elections, but you can't get away from it this time of year. It is oh. it is a lab unlike we've ever seen before with this presidential you know, race. What I really- hear
0: is that you know, you, you're uh, representing companies and then you're helping them do whatever they need to get done, either yep. defense of something or offense of something. And that's right. I think something that with entrepreneurship, I have learned in my old age, 40, (laughs) uh, I've learned that when I was younger, I didn't care about politics at all. But I've learned that if you're going to actually be a player in in business, you have to. and you really have to understand what's really going on. I'm here in Austin, Texas, and just recently, our lovely Austin City Council, I say that (laughs) tongue-in-cheek, I'm not a big fan. The reason is because they shut down Uber. Oh, that's right.
2: I read it. It That's right. The whole
0: thing was a disaster. It made no sense. It was a big political ploy because the head, one of the head of the city council, who her name is Anne, she lives down the street from me, actually. Oh, wow. Her husband is the lobbyist for, roll call.
2: Isn't Isn't that something?
0: Yeah, no, for. Taxi drivers. So the taxi drivers, yeah, yeah, have basically in the pocket, right? So of course the taxi driving company doesn't want Uber around. So that's how they got the grip onto the city council, right? And next thing you know, we don't have Uber. Now what you need to know is, now you're like, who cares, other? But what you need to know is that makes a huge impact in the city because there's already X games, X games have already pulled out because of it
2: wow yeah
0: that's a that's a multi millions and millions of dollars that come in from the x games every single they're they're, they're pulled out after <sighs> they heard about the decision they're like they we're out um but a bunch of other just like little conferences i don't even know about the impact of that was millions and millions of dollars because it. we don't have the infrastructure here for for when, when people come to the city we don't have the infrastructure you know set up they could just they could <sighs> they, can, they can move around as much So Uber's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's
2: a big, big deal. I live in Atlanta. I Uber all the time. Right.
0: right. And even in Atlanta, when I was there the other day, I was there about two weeks ago. You know, I couldn't get one in from the airport. And I'm sure there's a politics there around that. I'm sure I got to one, but not from, but they just completely, they completely shut it out. And I know people that lost a lot of money from that because they had a job. That was their job as Uber. I know um, there's all kinds of stuff. And so when you start to think, oh, politics doesn't affect me, it's like, actually, it does. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Every single uh-uh. day.
0: I don't know why I now am more open to that or hear about it more here in Austin. But the other thing that happened here in Austin a couple of years ago was actually 2008 when everything was kind of going down and recession was happening. The Chamber of Commerce, Austin Chamber of Commerce has been the only Chamber of Commerce up until that point that actually created a office. Outside of the city it represented. So said another way, they put an office in L.A. Oh wow! And, yeah, and they started knocking on doors, literally selling and trying to get people to move from California, businesses to move from California, and to come to Austin. Well, it's worked. I mean, it's massive here. Google, Facebook, eBay, Amazon—they're all here, and then everything in between: Home, home Away, Airbnb—they're all here. Okay, and that's because they literally put an office of the chamber of commerce in California and tried Interesting. to Interesting. Yeah, and they basically said, "Hey, we want you to come to Texas." And of course, they had the the governor behind them and they gave them certain things like, "Hey, you know, no taxes and this and that, and all kinds of incentives that they he gave the chamber of commerce to use as sell tactics to come here. And that's wow. why Austin is why it's at today, because of that. And that's politics, you know.
2: Absolutely. That yeah, is politics why. in its rawest, purest yeah. form. Yeah. Smart. I mean, I gotta give
0: them credit. <laughs> it is. But now we have all these Californians that I wanna shoo away.
2: <laughs> well, they they had their their refugees. You have to give them you have to give them a safe haven they because they, they are refugees and oh. You bring up a good point to one other thing, and then I'll I'll shut up. One other thing I'll say, because you did bring up a good point. I mean, the biggest difference between marketing from a business perspective and then a political campaign perspective is, you know, if you're in a political campaign and you get 49% of the vote, you don't get to govern 49% of the time. But Mm. Home Depot and Lowe's can both coexist in the marketplace and make profit if they don't have a majority of the market share. Same for Coke and Pepsi, same for everything else. And so one of the things I have found in working with companies to try to get them to win a fight is to actually get into the ring and put the gloves on because they want things to turn out a certain way, but they have to protect their brand. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't want to win at all costs. If you're a candidate, you win at all costs, because if you lose you go home and you end and you know and you go do something else but you do have to you know in the, in the public space if if you're a you know a company you have to keep that in mind and and that is i've that's been the one surprise as i've kind of gotten into this space is mm-hmm. uh, just how reluctant they are to engage in what i see as pretty basic you know hand to hand combat but just real hesitant, right? Because right. Uh, well, of all have, the other factors. Yeah, I no,
0: I can get that. They're a little more hesitant to, to yeah. the ring and stuff like that. He has a different view. I can, I can completely see that. They're afraid yeah. to go in there and fight and really fight because they're like, oh my God, what if we lose market share? What if we lose clients over it? What if we lose, just for me, and I'm I'm not a big company, but just for me, I mean, every now and then I've been kind of putting something out there on Facebook, like my views. I don't really do that until recently. And, man, I get this, like, I get hits back, Like, coo, 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 you know, like, how oh. do you think that way? I have people oh. unfriend me and stuff.
2: Oh, it's insane. So yeah, I can't it's...
0: imagine a company, like, putting themselves out there for whatever reason, whatever that is, like, making a stand and really fearful that if they oh, do yeah. that, there's going to be a backlash and they're not sure what yeah. that is. Absolutely. And it's for
2: their interest, but they're like, well, we want to influence it, but we don't necessarily Fight. want to put it under under oh. our brand name. And so a lot of what I do is independent political committees or 501c4 organizations. And so it's a way for them to kind of fund an independent group. Many times they're disclosed as donors, but it is a degree of separation from what they can do under their own masthead and letterhead. Because I have found too, when you do that, The layers of lawyers that need to look at the content is just unbelievable. And you can have no quick response techniques. There's there's no such thing as a quick response operation in that type of medium. And as you know, by the nature of what you do, in today's world, 24-hour news cycle, and with the age of new media and digital media, you better be out there responding immediately to right. what you want to respond to, or you're going to be behind an hour after the story break. You know that's a, it's a new culture that a lot of people in corporations, even internally are trying to fight because the people in the communication shop know that, but they've got to bring the executives and the, the legal organization along. It's been an interesting process to watch and a, and a couple of things that I've been a part of. And, and it's been a, a big learning experience for me to watch that kind of development, if you, you say. There's a book
0: out that I'm sure you've read, if you haven't, I highly suggest, called Influence by Robert Cialdini.
2: Yes, I have not read it, but I've been. Oh, wow. it's on my list. I'm very well aware of it. A lot of folks have read it and have it. very good things to say about it.
0: Yeah, you got to read it because it really, and, you know, I've been reading it, rereading it recently. And to me, it's like a checkmark down of, you know, Trump right now is like, checkmark, he's doing that. Checkmark, he's, do-. you know, because it's all about influence. I think that's what you guys really are. If I had to put a new little word on political strategist, Sure. It's like you guys are influence strategists. Really,
2: Absolutely. Because
0: your job is to take a narrative or take a conversation. And I'll say the word spin just to spin it or recreate it such that. We, we like to use the is, word shape. Okay. shape
2: shape <laughs> like shape a narrative we shape we shape a narrative right you
0: shape the narrative that like that you shape the narrative nope. towards nope. people go okay you know we'll vote this way or we'll vote that way cuz at the end of the day you're dealing with human beings on the planet and That's you're right. dealing with all their stuff in the way and their views and their blah 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 and your job is to shape the conversation our, our
2: job is to shape and many times that turns into you know, a lot of times candidates want to fight arguments in which they know they're right. Ooh. And I can't tell you how many times I've said, I don't care whether you're right or wrong. You can't win this argument. So let's go talk about something
0: else. Let's <laughs> talk about something else. No, I love that. And I have to wrap it up. And I'd love to have you back because it's been yeah. a great conversation. Thanks for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Go check out your tweet. Is you can tweet.
2: It's at Lake Chip. Yeah, Lake I Chip. do a lot of very active on Twitter, mostly with uh, sports every now and then politics. I've run into the same problem you've run into as yeah. far as posting my personal opinions, but uh, f- please follow me on Twitter and check us out on the red zone sports support. And Heather, thanks so much for having me. Enjoy listening to your show and very happy to come on and, uh, and be a guest.
0: Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. This is the win with Heather Havenwood and we're listening to chip Lake. So check him out. You can tweet him at Lake chip and his website is Twinoaksconnect.com. All right, guys. This is another condition of The
1: Win with Heather Havenwood. Thank you for listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Interested in coaching with Heather? Go to heatherhavenwood.com and sign up for a business discovery consultation. Here is your free gift for listening. Get three audio chapters of Heather's book, Sexy Boss, How Women Empowerment is Changing the Rulebook, when you text the word SEXY to 7200. Again, text the word SEXY, that is S-E-X-Y, to 7200 and receive your three audiobook chapters. Number is good only in North America. For outside the USA, text SEXY to 323-457-2288. Text SEXY two plus one three two three one double double long distance charges may apply. Heather wants to hear from you. Questions you want answered on the show. Comments, interview requests. Email media at sexybossinc.com or leave a private voicemail. 51, boss is me. Again, the number is... 5126774763 Check out all of Heather's sites. heatherhavenwood.com sexybossinc.com e2lab.com datingtriggers.com This is a sexy boss rap. This podcast is a copyright of Havenwood Worldwide LLC.